1: this is Jenna Ellis in the morning.
0: Good morning. Good morning. And you may have tuned in this morning because your cell phone is not working and think it. You- But, you know, the end may be near. And according to uh, CNN, the network outage enters hour four. And uh, I was laughing uh, moments ago with my producer, Adam, whose phone has been affected, by the way. So we all need to, you know, send up a prayer for all of the affected uh, cell phones. But. Um, we were laughing saying that the that, you know, CNN and, and some of these uh, networks that just want you glued to the television because the drama they are now probably they're probably going to have like, you know, one of those covid, um, you know, death tickers to say how many cell phones have been affected. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous how mainstream media has to keep everything such a drama. But um, but cell phone outage is is kind of a big deal. And this, according to Fox Business, cell phone outage hits at and customers nationwide. Verizon and T-Mobile users also affected. Tens of thousands of AT&T customers have been reporting outages this morning for their home phone, internet, and mobile phone services, according to Down Detector. The outages started popping up just before 3.30 a.m. Eastern Time, according to a graph shown on the website that tracks outages. Most users, 55 percent, Say they are having issues with mobile phone service. More than a third of customers reporting being affected. Say they have no signal at all. And 8% of users say their mobile internet is down. Should get a stimulus check for this. One man wrote on the website. So, um, just as kind of anecdotal evidence here, um, w- which I am not a tech expert at all whatsoever. I mean, the, the Geek Squad helps me out. That includes the actual Geek Squad um, that that hung my my TV in my studio room um, a couple of weeks ago, and the Geek Squad of like guys that that I call, including my dad and brother, saying help me. So, I am not a uh, tech expert, but anecdotally. Um I have heard from from friends that staying one, at least one update on your iOS behind is is actually a good thing because then any of the bugs or service issues or other things um including even the ability to send emojis which you know that just makes my life better um some of those things can then get worked out and you're not one of the people affected because you're still on the former ios and uh so when i was talking to adam uh, my great producer this morning he asked me what version i'm on and i am on a 16.6.1 on and i have at&t and i have an iphone and uh, that that's the version of the iOS that I'm on. He's on the newest one that launched about eight days ago. That update seventeen point three point one. So if you want to go into your settings and look and see uh, what version you're on, um, I might start a Twitter poll on this and just see because you know that would be really interesting to see if it's only these new updates that are affected um, because it could just be some kind of bug on on the iOS uh, systems that are affecting um the the iphone users rather than necessarily the carrier uh not really sure but um you know then we could get into a bunch of conspiracy theories like people are already posting on social media of course that you know this is a uh, russian interference or the aliens the end is near um so you know we <laughs> we have a, we have a lot of different going theories but uh, it would be interesting to to know and um you're welcome to to uh reach me jenna at afr.net, and uh, let me know if you are one, uh, or or maybe you can't, because if you have seventeen point three point one, then you may not be able to uh, send an email from your internet or your phone. But uh, you could let us know. But I should start a Twitter poll. I might do that in the break. Um, the one Twitter poll I already did post this morning, because uh, you know this really goes to what we rely on as Americans, and and getting up in the morning. Everybody doom scrolls. That's like one of the first things that we do. But if you were like me, which would you rather wake up without? Cell service or coffee? And, and I think so far, and we, we have, and I just posted this 11 minutes ago, and we already have about 500 votes. And so far, social media on X is getting this right because cell service, uh, which would you rather wake up without? Cell service, 62% coffee. Only thirty eight percent. So, I mean, I think that that coffee should be much lower than that because it is such a necessity. And um, if I have cell service but I don't have coffee, then doom scrolling is just even worse. And if I have coffee and I don't have doom scrolling, then I'm just gonna, you know, listen to the listen to Afr, listen to the Afr music side, and um, and probably actually be happier. So, uh, so coffee is definitely a necessity. And I think that uh, the ex-users here are so far getting that one right. But um, but this is the, the top story this morning, and uh, we will see how long this network outage goes. And I'm going to ask my uh, next guest who's coming up in the uh, the, the next segment, uh, what his thoughts and commentary are. It's our good friend Tho Bishop from the Mises Institute. And we'll be talking about the economy and a few other things, but uh, see if he has any insight uh, into what potentially could be the cause of this. And a lot of uh, people have been very concerned um, about a, a lot of um, different uh, tech interference and you know some issues with uh, with our grid. And in fact, I did a podcast um, last, I, I believe it was last year, on um, on it's called uh, "Grid Down, Power Up," and it was a documentary about a uh, about whether or not um, our grid going down, how that could genuinely affect uh, some of the the warfare that 's really going on um, in terms of society and where we 're going and a lot of the um, the tech collusion that's that's going on. And it was a really fascinating interview, and that's still up at the com. And a lot of these things that are going on with the tech industry, whether it's artificial intelligence, it's um, looking at you know trying to, to get our tech grid going down. It may be that there is some kind of nefarious conduct. We're not sure. Nobody has reported on this yet as far as what is causing the cell service uh, outage. It may just be the version uh, has some kind of a bug that you know, eight days later occurred, but um, but it does raise the important question: Are we safe technologically? And. Uh, what's going on in, in terms of national security? Um, do we really think that the Biden administration is on top of this? Probably not. Uh, and, and this also goes into things like airline safety and and all of these things that we've seen from you know some of the near misses of of airplanes. We've seen um, some of the the issues with the Boeing airplanes. In fact, one of the uh, top uh, top officers, It's. I don't think it's the actual CEO, I was reading a headline the other day, um, that somebody top at Boeing is out now because of the plug door that blew off on that Alaska Airlines flight. Um, I'm more convinced that a lot of these things with diversity, equity, and inclusion that are being pushed by the left and they're now infiltrating a lot of these companies, these private companies who need to have their uh, their score on the uh, the DEI ratings, and that's important to them in order to get a lot of these investors, and they have some of these incentives that we're probably not even sure what all the incentives are, uh, that the push for DEI is for two reasons. One, for what's on face, which is that the left, and now including indoctrinating schools, private universities... Uh, like like Harvard for example, their alumni there's there's a piece um, in Contra uh, Substack which is by our good friend Pedro Gonzalez. It's talking about Harvard alumni that are pushing for DEI and hiring. Uh, that's for infiltration and indoctrination because they want to advance the woke agenda. That's very plain. That's obvious on the surface. But in terms of airlines I'm convinced and and a lot of this um, also has been talked about at length by um, by my good friend James Lindsay who is very very aware and and I think very um, precision on a lot of these issues um, his opinion that that I agree with is that a lot of this as well is being amplified in the media because the left is still pursuing their whole green agenda and climate crisis narrative, and if they can get us as consumers to willingly and voluntarily participate in essentially a fear boycott of something like a lot of the major airline carriers, then a couple of things happen. One, the price of plane tickets will Rise, and so it won't be affordable to the average person, and so you won't have a lot of uh, the the business that um, that continues to go on in the United States that'll suppress a lot of other things and have some ancillary impacts and um, on the economy, but especially on the airline industry. And then if the price of plane tickets go up. Then not, and not as many people are buying them. Not only does that suppress the economy and the and the airline industry in terms of business, but it also then plays right into the left's climate agenda because then not as many flights will occur and airlines will start have, having to uh, cancel some of their flights, like what, the whole COVID pandemic narrative. Where um, I think that Southwest hasn't even gotten all the way back up to what their schedule was. Um, I know when I'm looking at. Um, going from Florida, you know, elsewhere, there are routes that um, that I used to take to Florida from Colorado, for example, that just don't exist anymore because of uh, because the airline industry was so suppressed during COVID. And so, what does that do for the climate change um, hysteria narrative? Well, it it, it then completely just falls into exactly what the left is trying to do, which is to decrease the use of commercial airlines and decrease the carbon emissions and all of these things that they have tried to legislate through things like AOC's Green New Deal, and they haven't been able to accomplish that. But they are now, through fear, just like COVID, uh, trying to get us to participate voluntarily in in their narrative, and and so there's always always more than just meets uh, the surface. We'll see what's going on with the whole cell phone uh, outage, and whether that is just what it is on surface. It's some kind of uh, network bug or iOS uh, kind of issue with this update, or is there something more nefarious going on? And in my time in in Washington D.C. and just seeing a lot of the stuff that was behind the scenes, off record, and of course. Um, than going out on media. A lot of the things that were going on behind the scenes, so many more layers than what I was able to say uh, on air and definitely a lot more going on behind the scenes from other people than, than I knew that they were saying on air. And so there there's always more, especially from the left and especially in Washington, D.C., than what the media is telling you. And this is why it's so important to always have a conservative perspective, be um, be very aware, don't just take things for face value and stories that pop up and um, and, and then just believe the outrage kind of um, hysteria that, you know, CNN, of course, is trying to sell you this morning with their, um, you know, the, the cell phone outage enters hour four. And they are probably just doing that for ratings because they need more eyeballs. And the more people that watch, then they get better ratings. And um, that's a lot of the reason that they try to over a lot of things like the uh, the presidential election and and so forth and this is why the left actually still loves Trump by the way because he's great for ratings um you know when he says things that are uh, very bombastic it's very good for them uh, whether or not that's actually good for our country um and some of the things you know, that he said in 2016 and and so forth i i appreciate that he was very direct um but the left actually loves that um because the media needs those kinds of ratings and so we just need to be very wary and circumspect consumers of media and of uh, the top issues of the day because they're generally, I mean, almost always there is something else going on behind the scenes. And so we need to not be led first and foremost either by uh, the network hysteria by the mainstream media, and especially not by fear. Now, people are going to have to decide for themselves as we see this ongoing airplane crisis um, that genuinely is this whole DEI push. People are going to have to decide for themselves, are they going to uh, still participate in you know, just regular kind of you know luxury travel, some of these other things? Um, are they going to try to work remotely, not go to destinations for business? You'll have to decide for yourself, but do that knowing that there's probably more going on than just what the mainstream media headlines are telling you so we'll be right back with more and i'm going to ask though what's going on. and we're still we're still holding kind of steady here on uh on our which would you rather wake up without self-service or coffee me absolutely take my cell phone give me all the coffee we'll be right back with more here on jenna ellis in the morning If you're like most of us, you're paying way too much for health care. That's why I want to tell you about a ministry that has been meeting the health care needs of hundreds of thousands of Christians, and that's Christian Health Care Ministries, chministries.org. Christian Healthcare Ministries is cost-sharing made easy. For over 40 years, this unique model has allowed believers to choose their own doctors without worrying about networks or waiting periods, since they are not insurance but a faith-based alternative to insurance. Members not only get advice, That's chministries.org slash AFR. Christian Healthcare Ministries is the longest-serving health-share ministry, serving all 50 states. Share the good news with a friend, too, chministries.com slash AFR. Make the switch today with any time enrollment.
1: Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back, and we got a lot of emails uh, during the break, so so a lot of you, at least your internet is working. Um, I was thinking, and I was telling Adam during the break, we should have opened up the phone lines, and I thought, oh, people will call in to tell us their self-service isn't working. See, this is what you get when you get a blonde- that hasn't had enough coffee in the morning talking to you on radio, but that's okay. All right. Um, and by the way, I, I love blonde jokes. I love, you know, ma- making fun of of the stereotype that I actually participate in because I think it's hilarious. So, um, you know, you just, you got to laugh at yourself. But uh, some of these emails are great. Um, one from our own Parish Alford says, I.O.S., Seventeen point two point one is affected. Make it stop, um, Parish. I think you think that I have more more power than I actually do, but um, you know, if if I if, if AT and T or you know the powers that be call me, I I will pass along the message. Um, so, but apparently, seventeen point two point one is also affected. So it may not just be the iOS update uh, for the cell service. Um, then uh, listener Dan says that. Um, his wife and he both have iOS 17.2.1 also. So that is more anecdotal evidence here. And uh, then <laughs> then this email from Patrick, this is great. I use an iPhone 15 Pro Max and the iOS version is 17.3.1. I have to have coffee over internet in the morning. Good man, Patrick. Great, great, uh, absolutely. And, and uh, so far on... X, we are now up to almost 800 votes and... Sixty-one percent are saying they would rather wake up without cell service, and thirty-nine percent coffee. So now, now this is trending terribly. So I mean, we just stop the count, you know. In the words of President Trump, stop the count right now, so that so that we don't uh, go <laughs> go worse. But uh, let's let's bring in our next guest, Atho Bishop, who is part of the Mises Institute. And Atho, I want to get into talking about the economy, what we had planned for today, but I know that you are, have been uh, looking at the headlines this morning as well, and and um, any thoughts on what may have caused all of this uh, cell phone uh, provider outage? Uh, th- there's a lot of chatter, at least on social media today, that it is because of the updated version of 17.3.1. But now we're seeing that a few people who even have the older version are also affected. So um, or is this something more nefarious?
2: Well, that's, uh, I, I'm still trying to, to get to the bottom of that myself, Um thankfully, I'm was able to call in, um, yeah. You know, it, it is. It is a, a very uh, seeing seeing the, the number of of carriers that are affected. Um, this this is this is quite a doozy, um, and unfortunately, with in the world that we're living in right now, um, you know, you, you cannot put anything off the table.
0: Yeah, and and that's what you know. People are questioning: is this something more nefarious? But you were able to call in, so you at least have self service. And so, um, do you know what iOS uh, you have, which which version? I would not know that uh, off the top I, of my head, but that's yeah, mine. I had yet. to look at yeah, my it's settings. It's but. My, yeah, not yet. <laughs> OK, OK, well, we will uh, we'll continue to monitor this story and, uh, and and see if there is anything else that comes out of it. But uh, let's get to the new jobs report. Full time jobs disappear as fewer Americans find work. According to a new report from the federal government's Bureau of Labor Statistics last Friday, the U.S. economy added uh, three hundred fifty uh, three thousand jobs for the month of January, while the unemployment rate held at three. 3.7% CNN, um, and again, CNN, you know, the, the, the crisis channel, was sure to tell us that this was a, quote, shockingly good jobs report, and it shows America's economy is booming. Well, though, so what, what's the truth of the matter here? Because CNN is basically the mouthpiece for the Democrat Party. So, of course, they're going to try to spend this in the favor of Biden. I mean, very similarly how, how Fox is basically the mouthpiece for the RNC. So uh, what is actually going on uh, in the economy?
2: Yeah, so the the job numbers have been one of the big um, talking points that the Biden administration has been able to to lean upon. Um, And what's interesting is that, for for one, there's always this fun little game where reports come out, whether it's inflation, whether it's uh, GDP, whether it's all these other measures, and you get some revisions at the end. Um, And so so the numbers that are reported aren't always numbers that they they stay with for a long period of time. But the jobs numbers in particular – you know, if you dive into the data, uh for one, a large percentage, like one of the one of the, the biggest sector that is providing jobs are actually government jobs. State, local level, some federal offices. So like a lot of the jobs that are being created right now are government jobs. And then if you dive down even further, um a, a large percentage of them are part time jobs. And so yes, you know, people are working, um, but they are having to take out additional jobs in, in order to keep up with inflation, food prices still going still still being very high. And and so, so again, like this is this is one of the points that they are bragging about that if you dive down just a little bit deeper, um, is, is not exactly the, the, the great story um that, that CNN and the headlines would lead you to believe.
0: Yeah, and see and- at least just in terms of how they're sort of manipulating the numbers to say, Oh, look, there's more jobs. But as people are losing full-time jobs and having to take two part-time jobs, they're basically saying, well, that's two jobs instead of one. And isn't that better when in reality, it's not, um, in the same way, how they were, um, manipulating some of the COVID statistics by saying, okay, if you tested positive and then you retested and got positive, well, that's a second case, or at least the numbers were saying that. And so it was kind of this artificial inflation of, um, Of You know, look at all of these numbers. And so this is always why we have to go deeper uh, into these stats. And so where are we at just by comparison? Because I think a lot of of, of people who are, you know, looking at Trump versus Biden uh, because this is how it's projected to be set up, you know, unless something um, Mm -hmm. as the law would call it, an intervening superseding cause (laughs) uh, causes either Biden or Trump to uh, to not be on on their respective tickets. Um, for November, a lot of people are suggesting, well, I wasn't really that much better off under Trump, which I just think is ridiculous. Um, th- the economy absolutely was. So compare what we have today in terms of the economy, the job market, to what we saw pre pandemic, you know, before the economy was totally artificially suppressed under Trump.
2: You know, again, you know, the jobs numbers were, were much stronger, um, you know, particularly, and again, and the, 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 the Biden administration, right, Bill Bill used to have this. The low-use the, the charts that kind of that that highlight where job numbers were when Trump left office, but of course that was during COVID and all the disruption there. Um, and and I mean, I think the most notable aspect of it is that you know one of the issues that we've had uh, in the economy for uh, uh, really kind of up to the uh, Great uh, Recession and the housing crisis had been um, wages were not rising. Uh, to, to a to a great extent um there's a there's a number of factors that went into that but it was under you know it was about it was halfway through the trump administration you actually saw uh work away uh wages rise uh nationwide to a part that you know, working class people were actually starting to get ahead it, it, it wasn't simply those investing in the stock market um and so, so that that you know, it was it was a very strong performance. I think a lot of that had to do with you know, obviously with tax policy, the regulatory policy. Um, one of the big problems with with Trump's economic um, policies was spending was was crazy. Um, you know, there was no slowdown there. Um, but you know, a lot of the um, and the, the inflationary pressures that we're having right now were not as obvious then as well. Again, a lot of that came from. Um, the reaction to COVID, and then doubling down as Biden has with, you know, the, the infrastructure bill that had all sorts of crazy spending within it. Um, the inflationary pressures weren't as obvious um, when it, came, it comes to prices at the grocery store and things like that. Um, you know, there were still kind of impacts in, the, in financial markets, stock markets, cetera. So, you know, when it comes to a, a side-by-side economic comparison, I mean, the, the, the Trump economy is one of the stronger ones. Um, again, and not just in measures of stock market and these sort of, of government statistics, but actually you know, going down to wages. And um, you know, so that's – I think that that's going to be one of the factors that plays into um, 2024 is that you know, even if you were tired of some of the additional stuff that came with Trump, the, the nostalgia of you – know, don't, don't you remember how good we had it in 2019 – um, I, I think that, that's going to be one of the strongest uh, uh, phenomena in the campaign, um, getting uh, some people that might might other have, otherwise have some disagreements with uh, some of the sometimes some things that uh, Trump says.
0: Yeah. And, and I think the economy uh, like it always is. I mean, that's always a focal point in presidential elections um, and in some of the debates. If it is um, Trump versus Biden, especially with RFK running independent. I don't think we're going to see any debates. I agree with um, our good friend Steve Dace that uh, we've probably seen the last of the, the presidential debates for 2024, um, unfortunately, because I don't think that Biden is going to debate Trump and he certainly hasn't uh, debated RFK. And so um, so with the border crisis being uh, really the number one issue that at least exit polling is showing uh, where is the economy going to factor into um, voting top priorities heading into 2024?
2: Well, it's definitely an issue that is, is again, you know, it's something that the Biden administration is very frustrated by. There's also the reports of, of you know, this is one of the, the subjects that really gets um, Biden, I mean, you know, at least we said, that shows that he can still have the capability of being mad, um, but you
0: know, oh, and I the, think we're... the
2: stock market performance.
0: Okay, go go ahead. We were we, you were cutting out a little bit, so hopefully your cell phone isn't about to go down. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm waiting for it any moment. Um, you know, but but you'll be you know, another statistic on CNN. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <All right. laughs> But uh, so, so the Biden administration kind of buys their own hype, think, and you know, they've convinced themselves that the economy is, is doing great, and so they're, they're, they don't understand why they aren't getting more credit to it, or credit for it. Um, you know, but I, it's it's always going to be a major major issue, um, you know, particularly with some of the swing voters and you know the, the really the, the the population that decided 2020, ignoring all of the additional stuff that that went into that the unique. Uh, circumstance of that election, you know, it was just a, a handful of voters in states like Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Arizona. Um, and so it, it's going to make it, make an impact. I mean, and I, I think that you know, the, the, the Biden administration, CNN, the mainstream media, Paul Krugman, I mean, goes up the rails about, about on this in the New York times, trying to convince people of what they know from their own experience isn't true. It, it's not a, not a winning strategy. Um, and so that's, that's going to be, I think, a, a continuing issue because they, they can't, you know, they don't want to take the perspective that, oh, yes, the economy's bad. Here's how we'll fix it going forward. They're trying to claim the economy right now is, is booming. You know, it's, it's a really good economy. I mean, Americans just aren't, aren't falling for that.
0: Yeah, no. And especially when you see all of the. Uh, high prices of um, things you know just like cereal potato chips you know some of these things and I'm um, speaking with Tho Bishop from the Mises Institute and um, and there was a and I was trying to find this as you were speaking Um, that Biden had and, and this was around Super Bowl Sunday uh, time frame but you know he, he went on and posted this video well his his handlers of course posted it but um, he posted this video talking about how Uh, the, the price of potato chips looks like it's, it's, um, advancing and he's like, and you're getting less, but that's actually better. And it was such a, it was, did you see that video? Because it was such a manipulation of, of, of inflation. And I thought how, he's just blatantly lying to you.
2: Right, right. Um, yeah, and, and it's interesting, you know, this, this entire shrinkflation dynamic um, again, that's one of the ways. Like that, that, that that's actually an aspect that is under, underselling the 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 inflation levels as well. Um, you know, they'll, they'll kind of uh, you know the potato chip prices don't change in price, but they change in volume of the quantity that that doesn't actually re- register in, in inflation data. Uh, but yeah, no. It, again, the entire economy right now is based off of what they can they can gaslight the public. Again, they have to sell you on how great things are going, whether or not. You know, no matter what is going on in your day-to-day life. Um, and, and the scary thing about it is that you know, there, there are larger factors. You know, these, these aren't simply short-term issues um, at play, like, oh, well, you know, inflation will go down in the next couple of years or whatever. Um, you know, the, the long-term pressures, which again are a bipartisan problem and the amount of spending. I mean we're, we're now facing a, an era where the interest we're paying on our debt is going to be over a trillion dollars. And so that that means that digging ourselves out of the debt problem is going to be a bigger and bigger issue. That means um, if that that is going to hurt the long-term value of the dollar um, going forward. That's going to make inflation continue to be worse, right? So there's there's all sorts of systemic problems that there's no political will to fix, right? You know, oh, let's have a debt commission. Like well, the debt commission is not going to do anything. We, we tried this in 2010 with the, the Simpson-Bowles commission. It went nowhere. Um, you know, there are very real issues that aren't being addressed while politicians are trying to gaslight us and thinking, oh, well, look at this jobs data. We're doing great. And that's, that's one of the biggest we, – we have, we have a complete leadership deficit in D.C. Um, when it comes to these very messy economic issues. Um, and unfortunately, math doesn't change with political talking points and so this is going to be a continuing issue that you know until someone steps up you know it's going to be you know future generations of americans that continue to pay the price
0: yeah, and that's such a great point that math doesn't change regardless of the political talking points. That is true for electoral college math. That's true for you know any kind of, of math that uh, the numbers always tell the story instead of the way that the mainstream media or the political pa- campaigns want to spin it. But I think you're absolutely right, uh, Tho Bishop, that uh, there isn't the political will to do anything about the national deficit. You know Some of these other issues, they do just want to spend the talking points because um, like Representative Chip Roy was was pushing for, and somehow the Republican majority uh, didn't take up when when they're talking about even providing aid to Israel. Which you know, I support America supporting Israel um, in one form or another. That doesn't mean that we necessarily have to give them you know millions or billions of dollars. Um, certainly, you know, not to to Ukraine and, and no more to Ukraine. But um, Chip Roy wanted some of those offsets and uh, and to defund other places that were spending money that we don't have on programs that we don't need, and at least if we're going to support an aid package to Israel as a standalone, at least fund it from something else so that we're not adding more and more and more to the national debt. But the Republicans somehow didn't even have the political will to do that, which I think is uh, really tragic and just shows that it is more of a uniparty in D.C. than genuinely conservatives against progressive leftists. And this is why elections are important. This is why policy is important. And this is why uh, talking about things like the economy are still very important. So we'll be right back with more here on Jenna Ellis in the Morning. Last year, because of you, Preborn's network of clinics saw over 58,000 babies saved. Thank you to all who made this possible. Let's celebrate these precious babies. When Charlotte found out she was pregnant, she was seven weeks along. In the back of her mind, she thought abortion was the best solution. But after hearing her baby's heartbeat and seeing her beautiful baby on, on ultrasound, she chose life. Her heart is filled with gratitude for all of you who made this possible. Each of these babies are truly miraculous, and every day, Preborn celebrates 200 miracles. $28 a month can be the difference between the life and the death of a child. When a mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears their heartbeat, it's a divine connection that doubles the baby's chance at life. Let's join together and help mothers choose life. Just dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby or visit preborn.com. That's (laughs) preborn.com.
1: Welcome back to Jenna Ellis in the Morning on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back and we're still following this cell phone outage issue and uh, have a a couple more pieces of anecdotal evidence from our listeners. This comes from Janice. Um, She says, I have Verizon and there is a message on my phone that 17.3.1 is available and will be installed tonight. I don't have an issue um, this morning, so it sounds like the problem is linked to 17.3.1 for those who have already downloaded it. Again, this is why just... Um, You know, from from advice that I've gotten from the the tech wizards out there, I'm not one of them, they always say to wait uh, at least, you know, a month or so to download the latest version of iOS so that all of the bugs get worked out and you know, so that the aliens can't come and control your phone. But um, no, <laughs> just literally just so that the bugs uh, get worked out. And then uh, this coming from listener Janelle, she says, listening to you this morning made me check my iPhone. I have 17.2.1, but have an older phone, an iPhone SE, and I have cell service. Um, you and Adam may be onto something. Hey, Adam, we could take this show on the road. Um, she says my quote unquote friends give me a hard time because I don't upgrade every time something new comes out. I guess the joke is on them now, LOL. I would definitely prefer to wake up without cell service but with plenty of coffee. I'm with you, Janelle. I just came back from Italy and let me tell you, they know how to do coffee. Blessings to you and Todd and Copper. So true. I... uh uh, Italian coffee. They they know how to do espresso and affogato and all of those things. So great. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here with uh, Joffrey's coffee this morning. That is one of the best in Florida. If you haven't had Joffrey's, um, you can get it actually online and they'll, they'll mail it to you. But um, it's one of the best coffees. And uh, this one is like this caramel hazelnut blend. That's just so great. And I would so much rather have that than my cell phone because um, coffee trumps doom scrolling. So uh, let's talk to our next guest and uh, see, and, and he called in. So apparently his cell phone is working. This is Oren McIntyre from the Blaze a TV host, and he is also a commentator on Blaze Media. So um, Oren, first of all, um, w- w- let's just ask your opinion on this cell phone outage. It seems like uh, anecdotally that this is tied just to the new iOS and, um, and I actually have a uh, a uh, poll going out on X, which version of iOS do you have so far of those that responded, which is up to about a couple hundred now, um, 69% say they have 17.3.1, which is the newest, 32% say older. So um, what version of iOS do you have if you know and what do you think's going on?
1: I feel like I just updated a few weeks ago. I'm also one of those people who always goes ahead and, and waits, uh, you know, let, let's sit on the phone uh, for a couple of weeks before I update for, for the same reasons that you were saying there. I, I think that as we probably, you know, th- this is just one example of many where we have a very complicated and interconnected world and increasingly we have to worry about, you know, uh, simple outages causing kind of a, a wide, uh, a wide pattern of disruption. You know, we make sure to go ahead and integrate all these complicated systems and then when one thing goes down, someone makes a mistake, there's a slip up anywhere, it kind of, cascades down. Luckily, this one doesn't seem like it's going to be huge, but, you know, we saw everything that got disrupted with COVID and, you know, small shipping lane disruptions, those kind of things can ripple out and have major impacts on the economy, our telecommunications, everything else.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's really the um, the bigger question that a lot of people have is, is this something more nefarious than just a bug? And uh, what, you know, what what is the Biden administration going to do about it? I mean, let's say that we end up finding out that this is some kind of, um, you know, Chinese balloon test, for example, Um, like what we saw, uh, you know, a a couple of summers ago, Um, you know, what is the Biden administration even looking at? And what I, I don't feel that they would even be competent to address anything if it was more nefarious.
1: Absolutely this you know the competency crisis is a huge issue obviously we know that the Biden administration is wildly incompetent we see that on a regular basis but we also know that our different corporations our different intelligence agencies uh, all of our different uh, essential, uh, essential infrastructure uh has been kind of handed over to people who are more interested in hiring based on diversity equity and inclusion elevating people due to their skin color or their ideological adherence to a particular LGBTQ rainbow ideology. And so we end up with a lot of people who are unable to protect us against very real infrastructure threats. The, you know our, our foreign enemies, they know much better than to go ahead and try to go straight up against some kind of you know American carrier group, but they understand that we're not doing a very good job of maintaining and guarding our infrastructure, and that's probably the best way to continuously disrupt things in the United States if they want to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the concern. Um, I was I was talking earlier in the program about an interview I did uh, with the uh, creator of a documentary called um, Grid Down, Power Up and uh, and how this this whole uh, potential infrastructure um attack and cyber warfare is potentially uh, where we are going into uh, you know 2024 and beyond and there are some real risks that uh, those in power in DC that uh, you know constitutionally yes we have state sovereignty all of those things but the federal government is there to protect things like national security uh, to make sure that you know America as a whole is safe and we're just not seeing that uh, contemplated and you know and even the Republicans on Capitol Hill some of the stuff that they're paying attention attention to. And, you know, some of these things like the strongly worded letters that get sent out, I'm thinking, you know, this is really what you're spending your time on. I mean, there are, in in my view, much more pressing issues.
1: Well, how much money that we've sent to Israel or Ukraine could instead be sent to shore up our infrastructure that is crumbling all over? And the simple fact that we are constantly focusing on things like bringing in more workers to these t- tech companies through HB1 visas, making sure that instead of elevating Americans and training them, that we're bringing in people from other countries. This obviously continuously opens us up to security risks. In every one of these scenarios, we're offloading large amounts of our security apparatus onto tech companies, and then those tech companies are hiring people who aren't from the United States, may not be properly vetted, And so we end up in a situation where we're really just unable to go ahead and protect our critical information infrastructure. Uh, And we could, we could be spending so much more. We could be focusing so much more on this, but instead we're running around chasing, you know, foreign aid.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that's such a great point that we could be spending a lot of this money elsewhere, and it's not just about the offsets and then you know sending more uh, foreign aid, you know, or more aid to foreign countries. We need to be protecting America first, and maybe let's uh, defund some of these other programs that we spend so much money uh, that goes overseas and spend it on things that we actually need. I mean, it's just like a, a township. It's like if you have. Um, roads that need attention and you have potholes, and you learn that your state is sending you know money to a different state to help fix something that isn 't even a problem and and yet you 're not getting the services as a taxpayer living in your local municipality, then something is the matter and and on a national scale. Um, it's really a big deal. And so, um, I just got this other, um, this email and more, more listener emails are, are coming in. Um, email is Jenna at net. This one is from listener Jeremy that says it's not just iPhone, Android are experiencing the same outages. So, um, that's another interesting factoid there as well. So it isn't just uh, potentially the, the iOS from the iPhone. Um, so that's good to know. I, I am one of those. I will I will tell all of you. Um, if you are a green bubble and you text me, I automatically, question your judgment we'll just say because I can't text you then from an airplane I can't and and the one green bubble so this um this or I have to tell a story really quick so my um, I have four cousins um who are all sisters and when they were getting married um one of my cousins her fiance now husband Um, was a green bubble, had an Android, and they refused to let him on to the family group chat. And I fully supported that decision because then that would have made the entire family chat a green bubble, and they just said, no way. And so he finally had such FOMO or fear of missing out that he finally uh, changed, got an iPhone, and he he was then welcomed with open arms into the family chat. And I was like, that is the type of family peer pressure I can fully support. So um, so so the the blue bubbles of, of the iPhone are always better. But let's turn, uh, Oren McIntyre, my guest this morning from Blaze TV and uh, Blaze Media, you have a new piece out uh, called Know Your Enemy. And this starts out the American right suffers from a chronic failure to know what time it is, and nothing uh, revealed that fact more clearly uh, than the death, uh, the recent death of the Russian dissonant um, uh, Alexei, uh, I don't know how to pronounce that that last name, but um, he was the 47-year-old outspoken critic of Vladimir Putin who uh, died suddenly, and I think this whole um, piece that you have is, it, it just plays into exactly what we're talking about, that Americans don't know what time it is in the sense that we are so often critiquing foreign countries for what they're doing, while not recognizing problems that we are. Already... Navalny, I think is how you pronounce that. Okay. And did we lose Oren? Yeah. Oh, no, yep, you're here. I'm back. Okay. Sorry, Your cell service you there is second. okay.
1: There. Yeah they they they're trying to get me. Uh but no, the uh <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This stuff tells into exactly what we were talking out about uh previously. You know, the the fact is that America wants to be the leader of the free world. We like that position. We're proud of that position. That's something that feels very strong and patriotic for us. But we can't be in that position if we're not willing to go ahead and defend our liberty here. And while it's totally understandable for a lot of people to be outraged at the treatment of political prisoners in Putin's Russia, you can't get up and lecture these people. You can't talk about human rights abuses and you know the, the lack of democratic norms. If you yourself inside the United States are putting people in jail for making memes, or being pro-life protesters, or trying to, you know, go ahead and arrest the uh, former president of the United States, who's the the the, the major competitor to the current current sitting you know, a uh, president of the United States. We can't be going around jailing our own political opposition or attempting to remove them from ballots, all of this kind of stuff, while also going around and condemning others. We have to go ahead and prioritize our own political liberties first before we go around and try to fix other countries.
0: Yeah, and and I think that that just, um, that shows that that Americans need to and conservatives especially do need to focus on the home front and it seems like a lot of these issues that are going on in in congress and what they're paying attention to even on the republican side are so much about um, our foreign allies and and adversaries and especially with you know what's going on between Russia and Ukraine um, at this point, I I just genuinely personally don't care. It's like we don't even see any of that coming out on um, on the news of what are the updates. The the United States has not articulated any sort of strategic obje- objectives in terms of continuing to fund Ukraine. Um, this has gone on far longer than what Republicans under the leadership of Kevin McCarthy. Um, were are formerly were suggesting and and if we are going to um, to condemn some of these foreign tyrants, what about the petty tyrants in our own backyards? And I'm thinking not just of people like Joe Biden, but also the uh, Gavin Newsom's, the Gretchen Whitmers and other uh, Democrat, even governors and, and lower level you know, mayors, for example, that we saw how much of um, the petty tyrants they were, not just during COVID, but now how they're trying to use uh, their powers in a way that's completely antithetical to American founding principles of freedom and liberty.
1: Exactly. I mean, we look at all of these different sanctuary cities who are now going ahead and favoring illegal immigrants instead of their own people, making sure that the tax dollars and the infrastructure of those democratic cities go to house people who shouldn't even be here and care for them over the people who actually live in this country, pay those taxes, have been part of this community and this tradition for an extremely long time we know now that, you know, many different parts of the intelligence community and our state security apparatus are colluding with tech companies to go ahead and, you know, uh, work and interfere with our elections on multiple levels. These are all huge problems. These are problems that we have to deal with domestically. And they're not just small problems. They're core to who we are as Americans, They're core to our political liberties. They're core to our identity as people who should be free and should be able to govern. And the fact that, you know, that the, the we are more obsessed with foreign countries on a regular basis than facing the really you know, the uh, serious facts on the ground here is a huge problem.
0: Yeah. And so do you think, Oren McIntyre, that this it, that the inception of this problem is just um, pure deflection from Republicans in D.C. that they don't want to deal with the problems at home? Or is it just something um, even more nefarious than that, where they're intentionally um, just just saying, you know, we, we don't want to Uh, Deal with all of this. And so we're going to focus on um, on some of these other foreign policy issues and, and basically just derelict our duty at home.
1: I think it's a, it's a nexus of multiple incentives here. I think, uh, one, it is, like you said, just much easier to focus people's attention far away than it is to deal with the problems at home. They feel insurmountable. They feel politically, uh, you know, just something that cannot be cut through, and so they decide to focus their attention elsewhere. I'll be honest. I think not all, but many Republican politicians agree with the Democrats in many of these areas. They would prefer to go ahead and focus on, foreign policy issues that go ahead and line their pockets, or they find that they, they are also scared of their own constituencies. I think we've seen that pretty regularly with the response to, uh, you know, d- different parts of the MAGA movement and others, that the Republican Party uh, holds, holds their own voters in pretty deep, con- deep contempt and isn't really interested in addressing their issues. And so I just think that, you know, there are many different reasons that the Republicans would have to line up behind, uh, you know, or just kind of ignore uh, the things that are happening at home and uh, that's why we're continuing to see that result
0: yeah really well said and the piece is Know Your Enemy it's up at TheBlaze.com my guest Orin McIntyre who is a Blaze TV host and a frequent guest in front of the show always appreciate your insights and comments and we are out of time for Jenna Ellis in the morning this morning but you can always reach me and Adam and uh, give us your thoughts at Jenna at net. and tomorrow we will have Um, Our good friend Alex McFarland, who has been on the ground this week at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. So very excited to talk to him soon. We'll see you tomorrow morning. I want to thank my sponsors, Preborn and Christian Healthcare Ministries. Preborn Network Clinics have rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion, and every day they save 200 babies' lives. But they can't do it without our help. Will you head over to preborn.com slash AFR and sponsor an ultrasound?